there's no right way to live your life, but there's a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there's a right way. But I used to think that anytime you start over in any area of your life, you're, you're starting from zero. And it's just not true. But I really do think we need to have a more powerful why when we date. Not because I'm lonely, not because it's what you're supposed to do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of Next Level University. We have a very special guest today. He is actually a fellow podcaster, host of New Mindset, Who Dis, and he is an author. Case Kenny, my friend, what is going on? Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Appreciate of it. Of course. Of course. We got we to gotta bring the energy anytime there's a fellow podcaster <laughs> in the house. So, sure. Case, you your podcast is about mindset, New Mindset. Who dis? Where did that all start for you? And what was like, what's the biggest mindset shift you have had over your self improvement personal development journey? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the abridged version is um, I'm 33. When I was 28, 29, I, uh, I was in a long term relationship at the time. It ended. Um, I got out of the relationship. I was like, who, who is Case Kenny? Who's Case Kenny outside of the relationship? At the time, I was also leading a sales team and uh, technology sales. It's like, who is Case Kenny outside of the sales job? Relationship plus job were like my defining characteristics. Like, who am I outside of this? I've been writing online for a long time at a small following, but I never really talked about self-help because I was like, who am I to give self-help advice? You know, I'm not qualified. I'm not more enlightened than the average person. But I was like, I'm going to challenge myself to ask myself the questions that I want answered. Namely, what is my purpose? What am I doing? How do I build my confidence? All these things. I was like, I'm going to start with a podcast. Uh, so I did. And it, it, it blew up. And I, I got pretty lucky in that sense. And I've just been following that ever since the idea of mindset growth. Um, and all that's been to me is just self-awareness. How how self-aware could I be in my life? And in every sense, in dating, in my business, in my my personal growth, how can I do that? Um, and that's what I've been doing with the podcast and, and every, my business and everything from there has stemmed from this idea of self-awareness. Mindfulness equals self-awareness, honesty with myself. Um, and it's been and it's been huge. And to answer your second question, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing I, I've come to realize is, you know, um, the soundbite I always drop on like every interview, but it's it's been so powerful for me is this idea that I've realized that there's no right way to live your life, but there's a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there's a right way. And I think I found that to be so true in business and personal life and, and what I do for a career. I used to think that, oh, to be single means you have to do these things. To be in a relationship means you need these things. To, to create a business means you need to do these things. And I just found that it's just not true. And it's been so liberating for me to be like, I can go out and decide what's true for myself. I can be inspired by other people. I can be inspired by our conversation. But ultimately, I get to decide that. And that's just been so freeing because I have. And if you ask me who I was five years ago, it's a totally different answer from today. If you ask me five years ago what I'd be doing for a living, it would not be what I, I'd say I do today. So uh, I'd say that's the biggest thing that, I, that has come from this journey into self-awareness. 
It's interesting. The this the podcast journey for me started with a very difficult breakup because it made me look in the proverbial mirror of who I was as a man. So I definitely resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big catalyst, right? It's a big change. Yeah. 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 yeah identity crisis is usually where all greatness is born, I think. So you wrote something. Um, you said you don't need to apologize for letting go of someone who's not good for you, no matter how long you've known them. So you've had some success, we've had some success, and we've found it's so challenging to keep some of the relationships from our past, particularly, you know, I remember prior to this this self-improvement journey, uh, 26, I got in a, a tough car accident. Kevin, at his 26, uh, had suicidal ideation, and, and that that moment at 26 for both of us was sort of like our our quarter life crisis sort of like a midlife crisis yeah. early and after that we went all in on self improvement so to speak and i had tons of corporate friends college friends high school friends prior to that um and since then you know now here we are 7 years later and i don't really spend a lot of quality time with any of those people and and it's been really hard for me personally i think kevin's done better at this than I have. But no matter how long you've known them, you basically said you don't need to apologize for letting go of someone who's not good for you. How do you identify when someone's not good for you? And then how do you how do you actually practically do this of letting go? Because I feel like so many of us are dragging these relationships with us, feeling guilty all the time for the fact that things aren't what they once were. Yeah. I mean, that, that I mean, that's such a powerful reflection that you just gave and, and truth. And I mean, I think it's the toughest thing in the world, right? Because like we can sit here and we can talk about truths and we're all like, yeah, that's good, man. That's good. But in reality, it's the toughest thing to embrace truths. Like you deserve more, you you should have the standard or whatever. It's so tough to embrace that because the number one challenge in life is family and friends and coworkers. All, like those are the people that, that pull you back. And they're not bad people by any means. They're just living what they think is true. And they're judging you for it through their lens of perspective that they think is right. But that, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I think about my journey and like going all in on, on what I do. And it's the funniest thing. I, I, I share my feelings for a living. I, I write quotes on cups in Chicago. I mean, if you asked me five years ago, I would have clowned on myself because I'm just like, I like house music and lifting weights and protein shakes and Chipotle. Like I'm a normal dude. I would have clown. I would have. I would have made fun of myself, and a lot of people did. And it was really tough for me to let go of those people and be like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chase my truth, and I'm gonna go all in. So it's it's very very difficult. And I think you know, um, there's no blueprint obviously for deciding if someone's right or wrong for you. But I think ultimately, back to my initial comment, it's about deciding what is true for you. And if it's not true for someone else, that's fine. But if they are pulling you back and encouraging you to water yourself down, I think you have a choice to make. I mean, ultimately, I mean, if, if there is an influence in your life that is constantly making you doubt yourself, that is enforcing any element of imposter syndrome that you might have, which is normal, but they're exacerbating it. If you have that influence in your life, I think you need to make a decision of whether you can continue to live with them in your life or if their absence is going to offer you more peace. That's a question that only you can answer, but I think that's that's the ultimate question. And it becomes even more difficult if they've been in your life for a while. Like who, like it does seem very selfish to be like, I'm moving on, but man, you've been friends since childhood. But you know, those are the kinds of decisions that are tough, but the most rewarding ones to make in life. And you have to look at that of whether they're encouraging you directly or indirectly to water yourself down. That's the question you have to ask yourself. 
Mm, that's what I've found as well in terms of the rewarding on the other end, but the pain of the trade-off comes first. And that's what we have to get through. We call it lonely land. When you let go of the old person's places, things, and ideas, you're then in this chasm of lonely land until you start to really acclimate to the the new person's places, things, and ideas. So I appreciate that insight. Go ahead, Kev. Well, I was just going to say, Case, I think one of the things I enjoy is, and you said it a couple times, it's difficult, it's hard, it's tough. Growth is not easy. Right, Growth requires conflict and conflict is challenging. And that's just the way it is. What has been the most difficult or painful new awareness that you have gained over this journey in regards to yourself? Like, what have you learned about you that you said, this is just hard? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things, but I... But I love that comment. We're all very much on the same page. I mean, it's true. It's like we can sit here being self-development guys with large audiences. That's great. And we could sit here and talk about these things. But living them is the hardest thing in the world. And it's like Mm -hmm. great that we're all self-aware of that. We're not being like, we'll just do it. It's like, of course, these aren't easy things. But like the thing that I've realized about myself and growth in any sense. And again, I'm a simple guy. I try to like, I don't want to say gamify, but I try to like visualize things in a way that makes sense to me. And I've come up with this concept of points. I did an episode years ago on this idea of awkward points that we're all very resistant to doing awkward things. We're resistant to doing things where we might be might fail, be rejected, be embarrassed, whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, in my mind, every time you actually go and do it, you get a point. Um, and then you get enough points and you cash it in for confidence. Like that's just my little visualization. But that's true. I mean, you think about how confidence is developed. It's built on the backbone of embarrassing situations where you go through it, you are embarrassed, but you realize it doesn't affect you at all. It doesn't change your value at all. So I've realized that to be incredibly true. And the, and the same is, and the same applies in every area of life. I did another episode on disappointment points. The more you're disappointed in life, the more you realize that there's opportunity to improve. A lot of people don't take the time to be in, in disappointed. They're like, well, I guess this is it. But if you have the awareness to be like, man, I am disappointed in myself or in someone else, then you raise your standard. And that's good. And I think the biggest thing about life is you're always carrying those points with you. I did an episode actually today about this idea of starting over. We I, like I've started over several times in my life. I've had multiple businesses that did not work out, started over in my career, started over dating, started over. Absolutely. Started over dating again at 33. And I've realized the resistance to starting over is the lack of realization that we're carrying those points with us every single time when you start over in dating, you're bringing all those points with you from your 20s, those points, again, that represent new standards, more boundaries, you know, higher sense of self-worth, you're always bringing those things with you. And I've realized that starting over is great, because you're bringing them with you, and you're going to cash them in over here. But I used to think that anytime you start over in any area of your life, you're, you're starting from zero. And it's just not true. And I think that's been such a liberating thought for myself that I've realized about myself, I used to be, and I still am very stubborn, like I can't start over. I've invested time with this person. I've invested five years with this company. I've invested a two years with this business. Like, I can't start over because that's embarrassing. And I don't want to start from zero. But you're never starting from zero when you look at life through the you know pokey, cheesy lens of, of points. So I don't know if that answers your question, but like that's been really big for myself. And I've learned a lot. I've learned, frankly, how much how much I've learned, how much I bring with me every time I start over. And I think everyone has that ability to realize that about themselves as well. It, it definitely answered. I used to do the same thing, Case. I literally every night before bed, Alan and I had a journaling practice where we would write out less like lessons and stories. And I would write out how many fear chasing things I did. Yeah. Powerful. That's what I did. Oh, yeah. It's, it's super powerful. Sweet. So yeah. I look at things the same way you do. So I definitely resonate with that. Cool. 
Um, everything's in aggregation. It's interesting. You just uh, the points system. It's I, I think of like the compound effect or the aggregation of marginal gains. I'm a computer yeah. engineer by trade, and and the mathematical representation is like an exponential growth curve. Just because you take a dip doesn't mean that you're not still in uh, upward trajectory. And I think it's important for people to understand that you just you just transcoded that or, or communicated that. I think in a way that will land for some of our listeners who maybe haven't haven't um ha- I, that I haven't had that land for yet. Um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is, and, and so my girlfriend and I, we do relationship coaching and we just surpassed our 60th week in a row and we coach married couples. We have some paid clients. We also do free calls every single week. And one of the reasons we also do virtual events, one of the reasons we're doing this is because we want to learn so much and you gather so much data from all these different couples. It's so interesting. What we've found so common not just in intimate relationships, but with friends and family, like we've already talked about, there are so many people, and I've been very guilty of this in the past, that are in relationships that are incongruent and that are misaligned. They have core values in conflict. They have core beliefs in conflict. They have different aspirations, and yet they stay in the relationship and they stay stuck. So from your perspective, and this is a a very challenging question to answer in my opinion, but again, I know you simplify things. Why are so many people in misaligned relationships? That's what I wrote down. Why are so many people from your perspective still in misaligned relationships? Yeah. I mean, we could probably jam on that for an hour. I mean, I'd say the starting point, of course, is what we just referenced. The longer we stay in something, the more resistant we are to leaving it. So I think that's just that's just habit, right? That's just comfort zone, right? Um, That's just human 101. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, and like I do a lot of relationship content. I wrote a book called Single is Your Superpower. And my whole thesis of that chapter one is that before you get into any relationship, (laughs) ideally, before you even decide to date, before you even fire up a dating app, is you have to know why you're dating. And whenever I say that, most people are like, what do you mean? Like, you're, you're, of course, we're supposed to date. Like, we're humans. We're supposed to pair off. We're supposed to have children. We're supposed to leave a legacy. We're not supposed to be alone. Humans aren't designed to be alone. Loneliness is an epidemic. I hear those kinds of things. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, I would never, I would never dismiss that. But I really do think we need to have a more powerful why when we date. Not because I'm lonely. Not because it's what you're supposed to do. Not because... I have not, I have no aspirations outside of a relationship, but because it has to serve you in some way. Like I almost say you need a selfish why. Like my why is cheesy to the moon and back, but it's always been, I want to date a woman who makes me a better man. That's my why. Someone else's why might be, I need to date someone who checks my ego because I have a massive ego. I need to date someone who inspires me creatively, whatever, like very specific and very self-serving. But I think if we lack that, we're basically dating without intention. And it doesn't necessarily... Uh, mean you're going to have misalignment, but I found so much more often it does because when you don't know why you're doing something, you start you start accepting things that aren't to your standard because you haven't taken time to establish a standard. So it just gradually leads you into this area where there is misalignment, whether that's misalignment in uh, habits, mindsets, political ideologies, or like more deep, like the idea of attachment styles and love languages. Like all that was kind of new to me over the past five years, and taking time to realize why you have the tendencies you do, that comes when you're establishing your why. So it's like a, a foul swoop right in the beginning that can really, I think, mitigate those that misalignment that naturally occurs when you're just kind of floating in the wind. So that that would be my like surface level answer to that. Uh, it was not surface level. That was that was really powerful. <laughs> was um, one of the things one of the things I want to say for anyone watching or viewing this, you mentioned selfishness, but I think it's important to reframe. I think, and I say this to people. I, I say this in book club all the time. Um, we do it every week. I say 
what if what's best for you is what's best for the world? Hey, Kevin, Kim here. Just wanted to send you a video to say thank you so much for your help on creating the Peaceful Productivity Podcast. You know, I couldn't have done it without you. I knew you'd be lots of great help with the technical aspects of getting the podcast going, but you went well above and beyond that. You helped me with the strategy and you gave me all kinds of really great support. You know, I think the key to success in business is a great attitude and you have that in spades. You really walk the walk. So thanks again. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. And if you come from that frame and then you go into a relationship, we have someone um, who we're hoping to headline our next live event. She's a client, dear friend. She said this at our last uh, live event that we co-hosted. She said, relationships, the purpose of a relationship is for growth. And I remember when Kevin and I first learned that, it was like, oh, wow, that's so powerful because now every challenge, instead of it being a bad thing, actually is an opportunity to grow, to learn more about yourself, to learn more about your partner, to learn more about the world. And so the way you framed that was really powerful. I appreciate it. I know Kevin has another question. Oh, of course. We've got questions for days. Case, when I was I was listening to your podcast today and it's 6 a.m., it snowed last night. I'm on the treadmill. I'm miserable. I don't want to be there, but I do my thing because I'm dieting and it's, it is what it is, right? As the person that you are, you have hundreds of podcast episodes, you've written books, uh, you do a lot of content, like you've grown an Instagram following. How do you, whether it's motivate or inspire yourself to do the hard but necessary stuff that just kind of sucks? Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to you, man. Uh, I'm a horrible morning person. So I struggle with that big time. Um, well, I, I mean, on the podcast front, like what motivates me to do the podcast? Well, you know, I've been privileged to build a business around it. So that, I, you know, that's always been a motivation, but more so I always say that the podcast is my therapy. Like I encourage everyone to go to therapy. Like I think it's fantastic. I don't, but the only Same. reason I don't is because I have this thing all day, every day I am writing, recording, or thinking about these topics. So Every single day, I'm growing myself. Like I live the most amazing, privileged, growth-focused life ever, and it's because I'm able to do this, and that that really, really motivates me. I think the ultimate thing, though, that motivates me is my goal in life. My goal in life is not to be happy. I think that's a very it's a, it's a misplaced goal. My goal is to be proud of myself, which if you are, you at least have it, and so on and so forth. So every decision that I do, every time I have a to-do list and I don't want to do it, I always ask myself, am I going to be proud of myself as a result of the decision I'm making? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's cheesy, but it's like I I am very stubborn about that goal. I always want to be proud of myself. Did I do the thing I said I would do? No, I'm not proud of myself. Did I? but not get the right result. Yes, I'm proud of myself because I tried. That's always my motivation for everything. And then of course I have goals. I mean, I'm looking in front of me. I got sticky notes everywhere. I have goals, I have revenue goals, I have growth goals, I have all these things. You know, I'm, I'm motivated as, as the next guy when it comes to that kind of thing. But it's always, it's the podcast grows me. So why wouldn't I continue to throw my heart and soul into that? And then two, through the decisions and, and my to-do list and everything I have, it's, am I proud of myself? And um, usually the answer is yes, but sometimes it's not, but then I get right back and and I do it. So Okay, so I want to ask you this, and I didn't plan on this. Um, so we've had us three have had some level, it's a small level, but it's some level of what other people would deem as fame and fortune. Okay, very small level, but some, some. It's not what anyone thinks. 
it's not what anyone thinks. And I've never been able to fully articulate it. And, and you know, whether it's Matthew McConaughey trying to tell everybody it's not what you think or mm-hmm. Jim Carrey talking about it, it's one of those things that feels so weird because it's almost like you have to experience it to really fully know it. And I think that's the case with everything in life. But Case, you know, you have a large following, you have a successful podcast, you have revenue goals in a business and you, you know, make your own schedule. That's for a lot of people, that's their dream. And I have that too. Yeah. And so does Kevin. But what I what I want people to understand, and this is my perspective, but I want your take on it. I still, when I go to the gym and put in the effort, I did, I PR'd last night with my girlfriend. Like I put in massive effort in the gym last night. It was only a half an hour, but it was good. Great, great training session. That is more fulfilling than all of that shiny stuff. And I want people to learn that in advance so that they can stop playing that game. Yeah, Yeah, still try to shoot for the moon. Still try to get listens. Still try to have Instagram followers. That's fine. But understand that it's empty at the end and that what really matters is the fulfillment of the journey. So you need to set the destination, aim high, make good choices. I'm with you. But you have to understand in advance that what's going to fulfill you is what you just said, which is, am I proud of the person I've become? Uh, Can you give your take on that? Yeah. Everything you said is true. Everything you said is true. It's backed by my experience. Um, But it's the toughest thing to realize, right? Again, old me would have heard you say that and be like, well, that's easy for you to say, man, because you've got money and you don't have to worry about this, but I don't. And, you know, I'm grinding and it's easy for you to say. And I would have said the same. That that would have been verbatim for me. And, you know, I look at my life and I, I always say I'm beyond privileged. Like my business blew up. Like it went from zero to deep seven figures in a, in a second. I went out and bought a $40,000 Rolex. I was going to the club 5K a night. Like I was doing these things because back to my initial comment, I thought that that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, single guy in Chicago. That's what he's supposed to do. Oh, guy who has a, has, has a big business. That's what you're supposed to do. And yeah, yeah, it was fun for a second, but you know, ultimately it, it runs out very quick. It's like, okay, now I have these things. I did these things. What it, it hasn't affected me personally at all. It might give you a little pep in your step. It might give you a little bit more confidence, but it, it really does become misplaced. Like I've learned that time and time again, it really doesn't mean what you think it will mean. And, you know, the proof is always in the point. I remember when I, I worked my first job in Chicago, I made 30 grand a year. My second job, I made 50. My third job, it was like 90 or something like that. And Every single time I was like, oh my God, if I can make 50 grand, I, I will be the happiest dude in the world. Made 50 grand. And then I was like, well, I need more. Your, your standard just keeps going up and up and up and up, even 90, 100, 100 plus, like whatever it was, like it always just continued to go up. So I was always chasing something else, always chasing out. Once I get that, I'll be happier. Even in my business, I still struggle with this. Once I hit this landmark, once I hit the eight figure business landmark, I will be happy. It is, it is a misplaced chase time and time again. And I would be a liar if I sat here and said, I'm totally aligned and inner peace and just, you know, loving what I have. Like I struggle with that hundred percent, but I can't say exactly to what you said. It it is, it is not what ultimately is going to make you happy. And I, and I, I struggle with that because I, sometimes I think it will, but it's, it's, it's impact. It has to be impact and it has to be that sense of of inner peace. And you got to decide what gives that to you in my life. It's the idea of making myself proud because I do believe that if I, always make myself proud. The money will come, the happiness will come, everything will come from it. Um, but ultimately, I mean, it's, it's not those things you think it will, trust me. Like, yeah, it might offer you a bit of comfort to have financial freedom, whatever, but you know, that ultimately that, that is not a, you know, spiritual source of fulfillment. So, uh, yeah, I, but I struggle with that hundred percent. Like I don't have a great answer because I'm in the midst of, of that myself. Oh, that was mm-hmm. powerful. 
I, I, yeah. I appreciate the the vulnerability and transparency of struggling with it. I struggle with that. Alan knows that. When you give me money, I'm a different human. I'm just like more everything. Abundant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, <laughs> everything good, hopefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ho- hopefully, yeah. Last question from me, Case, before we let you talk about what you're putting out into the world. What is your take? You seem like a super positive person. And I think that's amazing. I love it. Like That's what attracted me to your page and following you and having you on. What is your take on toxic positivity? Mm. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think forcing positivity down someone else's throat is is toxic. I think if you yourself want to be blindingly to- blindingly positive, that's fine. I don't think there's anything toxic about it. I think telling someone else just don't be anxious, telling someone else just be happy, telling someone else just to be grateful for what they have. Yeah, that that it's it's not helpful. And I don't understand why people do that. Like for myself, it's like I am hardwired optimistic. I am hardwired glass half full. And you know, I don't know why. I, I literally just think of genetically something happened and that's the way I am. But then I also like, it, I, I always rationalize things and I try to explain to people and I try to encourage people to think about positivity in a, in a, in a choice of that. It's a, it's a choice. Like in life, for instance, we all have things, we all have experiences where life was good and then it took a nosedive and it was bad, right? We all, we, to our point, we've all had some kind of experience. You guys, 26, myself, a little bit later. We've all had those experiences, right? We were broken up with, we had a car accident, we were fired from our job, good to bad. We have proof that life can go from good to bad, right? So therefore, a lot of times we repeat that narrative over and over again. But as humans, it's like, we always have a choice, right? Why can't we flip that? If we have proof that life can go from good to bad, why can't we believe that life can go from bad to good? In in the instance, in the same way it went from good to bad in the first place. And like, that is a choice. And that is how you encourage yourself to be more positive. Not by saying, just be more positive. You have to give your silly human brain a rationalization to believe that. And I find exercises like that, good to bad. Why can't I flip it? Bad to good. Life can go from 100 to zero, just as it can from zero to 100. Like Those are things that we can encourage ourselves to believe. And there's proof points behind it rather than the toxicness, which is just be grateful you're alive. Like that kind of stuff just, it's just not helpful. I I wouldn't, you know, they're not bad people for saying those things, but I think we need a little bit more oomph behind it. Our human brain needs a little bit more rationalization. And I think that's the way to encourage other people. And that's the way to actually make it a fact in your life. Last, last question from me anyways, Case. Uh, Most positively influential choice that you've made on a consistent basis, habit habit or choice that you've made on a consistent basis that that from a practical perspective instead of like oh go have a better life just talking about it versus this this one habit or this one choice or this one discipline discipline's probably the better frame um that you've stayed consistent with has has made a measurable positive difference in your real tangible life yeah i'd say it's it's this concept i have it was one of my first podcast episodes i call it my my 30 second rule and then i found out i think mel robbins has a similar idea it's like two minute rule or something like that but basically in my life it was always that i was a massive procrastinator i was a massive you know i'll, I'll do that later kind of guy and a couple of years back i was like no i am going to harness my stubbornness and if i have an idea about something i have to act on it within 30 seconds like i don't have to do it i just have to do a step towards it so like if I had a business idea within 30 seconds, I got to write something down about it, an idea, something, whatever it is. If I want to go to Miami, I have to write it down. I have to book a trip, whatever it may be. 30 seconds, action, do it. If I look over there and I'm like, man, I should probably do the dishes. 
I'm going to go do the dishes within 30 seconds. Like little things like that, little things, like we're talking little things, right? We're not talking about, I'm going to you know, buy a car because I thought about it. Little things like that have built my self-esteem. My self-esteem. That would be dangerous. <laughs> I want to buy a car and then you go I buy one in 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like my, my, my sense of self-esteem and confidence is built on that. Imagine if you have 10 ideas a day and you do all 10 of them, you're going to be like, man, that was kind of dope. Like I'm kind of proud of myself. Imagine if you do that for a year. Your confidence, even again, we're talking little things. I should probably dust that. I should probably refill my water, whatever. Like it teaches yourself that you're capable and you follow through. And that's what life is built on. So like for me, that's been like hands down the, the biggest change. Powerful. Super we always powerful. say the, the best version, like what would the best version of me yeah. do in this yeah. moment? Even they better. Do the dishes, yeah. they, they do it. Yeah. Silly. Kev, I want to do something. Silly, but- True. Yeah. Super fast. I know we got to plug in. We got to go very fast. I felt intuitively pulled case. Um, and I hope, I hope this isn't, um, perceived negatively. You don't strike me as someone who is a natural born confident. Um, it does seem like someone who built it over time. As a matter of fact, it sounds to me like almost like you still struggle with self-confidence a little bit. Can, can you illuminate for our listeners that if they're out there and they're not confident that they're not alone because you're like, a, you know, jacked, good looking, successful guy, and you still have to do the dishes when you say you're going to do them to build confidence. <laughs> I want our listeners to understand that like confidence oh, yeah. is built through those little things, despite how super successful you might appear to be. Yeah, and dude. despite whether or not you're yeah. more jacked than Kevin, you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just no, you're probably, you're probably, yeah. I, um, no, 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 not at all. I'm not offended by that at all. I used to not be confident. That was my whole thing. I, I used to not, I used to have really no, I wasn't like some like, like, like self-loathing, loathing loser or anything like that. I just like self-described loser. I just like, didn't have it. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe I had too much value. I had good value, but not great value. Things like that. Confidence is a muscle. hundred percent. It comes from the point system. That's how I did it. I was like, I'm going to do the things that I don't want to do because I don't believe I'm capable of doing them. Started doing them again and again and again. That's how I developed it. So it's, a, you know, all the cliches are true. It is a muscle. You cannot just think yourself into confidence. You cannot think yourself into confidence. You have to act your way into it. And you start doing it with the 30 second rule. Little things. Again, we're not talking about going up to every girl at a bar. We're not talking about, you know, you know, shooting your shot with every, you know, CEO. It's little things. Build bigger things, build momentum, build confidence. Absolutely. Powerful. Appreciate right it. On. Case, where can people listen to your show? Where can they get the books? Talk about yourself, my friend. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Yeah, uh, the podcast is called New Mindset Who Dis. NewMindsetWhoDis.com is the source for all the journals, and it's just case.kenny on Instagram. Easy enough. Wow. A ton of Look a ton of awesome, right? A ton of awesome content on Instagram. I, it was fun to go through today, and it's always fun, Case, when we have the opportunity to look at something written on a cup, and then talk to the person who did it to go deeper on that topic. So very grateful. I know the listeners will uh, will love the episode. We're grateful that you took the time to spend with us today. Yeah, right on, guys. Appreciate you. Great conversation. We're very aligned, so that was really refreshing. Same. Yeah, that was really refreshing for us too, Case. Honestly, yeah. I know that yeah. you, I don't know if you interview guests on your show, but it can be challenging. Um, thank you, brother. Seriously, this was awesome. And thank you for allowing us to pull back the curtain on what it really took um, to become you know, the success that you are. So awesome. Keep it up, man. And uh, thank you. Likewise. Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.